Welcome. You're listening to the McKinsey on Healthcare podcast. If you're looking for insights into the issues that matter most in healthcare right now, you're in the right place. Explore wide-ranging conversations with leaders, problem solvers, innovators, and professionals who are at the heart of healthcare today. I'm Dr. Pooja Kumar. Let's get started. Today's guest is perhaps, on the surface, a less obvious one for a podcast about health. Seku Andrews is an actor, writer, producer, and someone often referred to as a change maker thanks to his creation of Poetic Voice, a style of public speaking that infuses inspirational speaking with spoken word poetry to make moving and memorable messages. Most of us are familiar with the rhythms of the medical space, the regular beeps of a heart monitor, the rise and fall of the chest, the circular wheel of life that ebbs and flows to constant beat. Poetry similarly allows us to use cadence to create human connections. My colleagues at McKinsey spoke with Seku earlier this year, and I was delighted to be able to listen in on a recording of the conversation. Seku regularly speaks about this idea and the importance of putting human connection at the heart of all caregiving. I'm delighted to share some of the highlights of Seku's conversation with us. First, I wanted you to hear about his work in healthcare before we move into his creation of the poetic voice. Much of Seku's work is focused on health. Here, he outlines why he chose the industry as his focus, what he's seeing in the industry, and why it matters so much to him. I got engaged by healthcare and and inspired to inspire folks in healthcare very early in my career. And I'm a very purpose-driven person. So, you know, one of my biggest fears when I was thinking about creating this public speaking category, I was very concerned that am I just going to become the corporate guy? Like, is that, am I just going to be in a sense selling out for the highest bidder, right? So I was very conscious of wanting to make sure that I pick and choose where it is I want to use my voice. And I started to realize very early on um, some of the paths that I would always stay committed to. One of them was education because I, my last job was a fifth grade teacher and both of my parents are educators. And so I maintain a commitment to education. But then I began to encounter some healthcare clients at some of these events. And I found myself going, I really enjoy using my voice for this audience. It feels meaningful. It feels purposeful when it's nurses, when it's researchers and scientists, when it's, uh, you know, physicians and surgeons, when it's community health organization, when it's, you know, any of these types of, of, you know, hospital systems themselves, like I feel the impact is so much more direct. And I feel like the, 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 the ripple effect that it's making in the world is so much more direct. And so that's really what, why I began to push my voice into healthcare and ultimately over many years, I would say probably 40-50% of my clients have been healthcare in some way. I completely understand what Seku means about being driven by a sense of purpose. For me, my interest in health stemmed originally from working in refugee issues and medical humanitarian relief. This morphed into a love of medicine, a career as a physician, and a desire at a broader level to help address both global and domestic health needs. I think many of my fellow doctors, nurses, and caregivers are also purpose-driven in the same way. And what's interesting is that Seku highlights some of the challenges of this approach, 
while still acknowledging that inspiration is beneficial under the circumstances. It's the people that care that are constantly plagued with, am I doing enough? So uh, I, I say healthcare folks are riddled with that double-edged sword. You know, you're in, you're in the most impactful work, but it's, you're only in it because you're the kind of person that would commit your life to that. And that means that when you wear your heart on your sleeve or on your scrubs, in a sense, you know, that means that you also have, you carry that, that burden. As we all know, the COVID-19 pandemic had a grueling impact on the healthcare industry. And as people have left healthcare post-pandemic, this has created a looming shortage of frontline healthcare workers. You know, you're talking to an ex-teacher. So I, I know what it is to be on the front lines of the thing that the world is saying the most important thing is the most important thing in the world. And you're like, funny, because my paycheck doesn't seem to reflect that, you know? <laughs> so I know what that's like, that kind of service is like. And healthcare workers, um, they, they have known what that's like for a long time. But this pandemic through, you know, uh, what is it? Through grease on the fire, in a sense. So the fire had already has always been there. But suddenly this pandemic is pouring that grease on and everything that was there began to rise to the surface. Everything that was unhealthy about the healthcare industry rose to the surface and like a volcano erupted. Um, and healthcare workers who had who maybe had always been able to find a balance between this is, you know, there are times that this is brutal and this is unhealthy and there are times that I'm questioning and there are times that I'm frustrated about this and I'm angry about this particular policy or I'm feeling handcuffed about that. But the balance is I took care of this person and I, I, I experienced this joy and I saved this life. That balance was thrown off by the pandemic and there wasn't a, you couldn't keep up. You could, there wasn't enough of the joy because so many, so many fatalities, so many casualties, so, so little PPE, so little support, so many people, the whole world angry, the whole world going through mental health problems, the whole world going through despair and anxiety and darkness and distance. I think that the healthcare industry is experiencing the aftermath of it, right? All of that takes a toll. And I think we're, the industry is experiencing that more than ever, which, which is why I think inspiration is needed now yeah. more than ever. When asked what advice he has for leaders in the healthcare system, giving people recognition, connecting with them, inspiring them, and trying to reconnect them to their sense of purpose were key themes drawn out in the conversation. Listen, I'm not the <laughs> clinician. I'm not the licensed therapist. I'm not, you know, I am, uh, I can only answer that question from an inspirational speaking storyteller type of place. And I think that what people need most now is connection. I think that what we have lost most in this pandemic was all of the ways that we took connection for granted. And I think that that's what, that's what healthcare workers are ultimately needing most. However, that shows up, right? It's a, it's reconnecting back to their sense of balance. It's reconnecting back to their sense of, of purpose. It's reconnecting back to, to, to the, um, to the power that their work has and the importance that they're doing. It's reconnecting since back to the value and the worth that they feel from the people that they're serving. Um, it's reconnecting back to the resources that they need. Um, and I think that's why when I, when I performed my outbreak of care poem, I had a concern 
that maybe, you know, maybe this poem is not relevant anymore. The more I began to think about it, the more I began to research and talk to healthcare workers, they were like, it's needed more than ever. And part of the reason why it's needed is because just like with typical short-term memory of a, of, a, of a nation or a culture, everybody's like, you're our heroes. Yes, we love you. Everything is, you know, all in blue and hearts and we love you. And then a year later, you know, same problem, still dealing with all this stress, all this trauma, but not getting any of the, the, the honoring, right? And not feeling seen and not feeling heard. And I think that was why I was like, we still need to let you know that we see you that we hear you, that we feel you, and that we know that the only reason why we are where we are is because of folks like you. And I think that's why the message hits so so right. strongly. And I think that's what ultimately inspiration is doing is it's, it's connecting you to your highest self, it's connecting you to your best self, and it's connecting you to possibility. So it's the biggest reminder that this is, this is real. It's not just our heart. It's not just our bodies and our knees and our backs. You know, it's not just our organs. It's our mind. It's our spirit that needs healthcare as well. Seku also delved into how messages are heard. He explained more about poetic voice and how this can be used. Poetic voice is the name of the speaking category that I created uh, 15 plus years ago. And it's really described as the seamless integration of inspirational speaking and spoken word poetry. So as opposed to a performer who speaks or performs, you applaud, they speak and they perform and you applaud and they speak. And it's more like a set. I wanted to create this seamless experience where you just didn't know what, when one ends and the next begins. You know, one minute it's like business content. Then wait, no, he's rhyming. And now wait, it's a story. And now I'm taking notes for my company and, and it helps to keep the audience leaning in, keeping them from getting ahead of you. That's what happens with a lot of speakers is, you know, you get up there and it's like, I'm going to give you my five points to this. And you got your PowerPoint as a crutch and the audience goes, got it. One, two, three, four, five. Cool. I'm going to check TikTok, you know, and they're checked out and you don't do anything to re-engage them. And, and when I'm constantly changing modalities and how it is that I'm communicating in one minute, it feels like a Ted talk. And one minute it feels like Hamilton. It prevents you from checking out. Cause you're like, I thought I knew where this was going. I don't let me pay attention. People feel inauthentic in their own skin when they're on stage, when they're speaking one to many, like I'm one to one and I'm charismatic and I'm engaging. And then suddenly you multiply into 50, you know, or 5,000 people and I'm awkward and I'm sweating and I'm got this weird laugh and my leg keeps switching and I, I'm stammering, you know what I mean? And I'm not my authentic self. And so what if you could learn from actors? What if your uh, onstage self could learn to play your offstage self? And so it's just a different way of approaching how to become an engaging public speaker. It's not about making you a performer. It's about what can you understand about the way that a performer approaches the stage, approaches the audience. Performers approach it with a different mindset. And that's one of the most critical things, even before we get to the techniques. If you think about this, you go to an event, a business event, and you're looking at um, public speakers. Typically, what are they doing before they get on stage? Sitting, hobnobbing with other executives, the CEO, drinking ice water, you know, possibly reviewing some of their notes, practicing, memorizing content, content, content. You go backstage at a ballet. What do you expect to see? 
dancers warming up, engaging their full body, right? Making sure they understand how to engage the emotions with their physicality. You go backstage at a, at a theater event, you're going to see actors warming up all of their vocal instruments. You're going to see them getting in the zone. They're warming up their entire instrument, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. It's a completely different approach, right? Because the speaker goes out and says, my, my biggest hope is that they don't fall asleep. And uh, maybe hopefully they applaud afterwards. The singer goes out and says, my biggest hope is that when I stage dive, they will catch me. So it's two different expectations for your audience. Right. And so when I go out for a public speaking event, I go out with that stage dive mentality. I'm going to completely raise the expectation, raise the level. And that is teachable for you know whoever it is that's teachable. To engage an audience, Seku explains it is important to go all in. You want to engage yourself fully so that you can engage your audience fully, right? So my, my goal is for myself or for the folks that I train, it's to, it's to put your message not just into your audience's mind. You want to put the message into their hearts. You want to put it into their muscles. You want to put it into their hands. You want to put it into their voices, right? You want to put it into their emotions. So you're looking to engage them mentally and emotionally and physically. And I would even add spiritually, right? Think about what music does, how music sometimes can just move your spirit in a way that just makes you feel like you can conquer the impossible, right? And you go, that's not just something that's happening to me uh, emotionally or, or, or mentally or physically. I feel like my, my soul is being spoken to in a way. So in order to move them on all four of those modalities, I have to make sure that I'm engaging all four, all four of those modalities myself, that I'm making sure that I'm engaging myself mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually as well. For those working in healthcare, the four pillars of mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being no doubt speak to the heart of all that they do for their patients, as well as what they need for themselves in order to continue caring for their communities. I've really appreciated listening to Seku's inspirations and experiences today, and hope that you've also found value in learning about his motivations and journey. His reflections on the need for connection at all levels of caregiving remind us of why it is that we do what we do, to make a positive impact on the lives of others through the intrinsic values of humanity, and to inspire others to do the same. 